Love really matters. Doctors tell us that when a baby is first born, if, if it feels love and affection, that it affects the forming of the brain of that little infant. Uh, scientific studies have shown us that being in, love, being in love causes us to release endorphins and chemicals in the body that are healthy and good. It, it, it releases dopamine and adrenaline. Um, another uh, study put out by Psychology Today said that people who feel loved tend to live longer. And one study even indicated that warding off mortality um, through loving relationships was more effective than quitting smoking and going to the gym and working out. You can imagine that. Love really matters. It matters a whole lot. And it's no coincidence that, that Jesus spoke so much about the power of love. Uh, it's no coincidence that the New Testament and the Old Testament spoke so much about the power of love. I want to turn our attention today to the second epistle of John, 2 John chapter 1 as we look at the power of love and why love matters so much. 2 John 1.4 says, I was very glad to find some of your children walking in the truth in keeping with a command we have received from the Father. So now I ask you, dear lady, not as if I were writing you a new command, but one that we had heard from the beginning, that we love one another. This is love that we walk according to his commands. This is the command as you have heard it from the beginning that you walk in love, that you walk in love. Now, I don't think I have to convince you that we need more love in the world, amen? I got an email from my son's basketball league a couple of weeks ago and it said that one of the referees had been punched by one of the parents that disagreed with some of his calls. Now you can just imagine this, the referee's missing some calls and one of the dads loses his cool and goes over and punches him in the middle of the, in the, middle of the game. That's pretty sad, isn't it? Pretty bad. I did think about punching that referee one time, but just kidding. Do we really wanna live in a world without love? We have to have love for the world to go around. And, and instead, we live in a time where there just seems to be so much hostility and so much hate and so much animosity. We need love. Now, I love 2 John. One of the themes of this letter is, <clears throat> is love. And John was one of the disciples. He was one of the 12. He was probably Jesus' best friend because he's referred to in the Bible as the one whom Jesus loved. And so out of all the 12, Jesus enjoyed John the most. And the life message of John is love one another. If you read the gospel of John, he's always talking about love. If you read the epistles of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, love is the central theme. So, so this is coming from the heart of Jesus through Jesus's best friend. And 2nd John is the shortest book of the Bible. It's got 13 verses. I mean, it's, 
it's almost so short that if, you know, it's kind of hard to find in the Bible because it's such a small book of the Bible. But it's written from this, this, this eyewitness of the Lord Jesus and probably Jesus' most intimate associate, John the Apostle. And love is the theme. Um, it, love is the thing that makes the Christian gospel different from every other religion in the world. Most religions are based on legalism. So in Buddhism, it's the Eightfold Path. If you do these things, then these things will happen. In Judaism, it's, it's the, the keeping of the Ten Commandments. In, in Islam, it's keeping the five pillars of Islam. And so if you look at the world's religions, most of the orientation is on performance and doing and achieving. But, but the Christian message is different because it centers around something that is so unique, and that is the power of love. The gospel is the message of love. So let's break this down a little bit today, and let's talk about why love matters. Number one, I should never grow tired of love. Now this is where in verse 5, John writes, So now I ask you, dear lady, not as if I were writing to you a new command, but one we've heard from the beginning that we love one another. He says, listen, this is, this is, this is not a new command. This is old school. Like, this has been the standard all along. Let me just remind you about it. Love has never gone out of style. Love never gets old, right? I mean, this is what's so amazing about love is that love transcends generations. It transcends cultures. It transcends um, types of people. It transcends genders. Everyone needs love. And people in the biblical world needed love. And people in the 21st century need love. And that has absolutely never changed. And this is why God has put such a premium and such a focus on the power of love. And why we should never allow love to get old. Do we want to be in a culture where... Where people are crabby, you know, do people ever say love is overrated? No, we, we recognize the need for love. And so many things get old, don't they? We have, we see fads come and go. Like I was thinking about some of the great fads from the 1990s. Gigapets, did anybody have a gigapet in the 90s? Those things were awesome, weren't they? Digital pets, you had to feed them and take them to the bathroom um, the clothes that you wear, uh, mom jeans were huge in the nineties. I've been told mom jeans have made a comeback. Is that true? We have a little saying at our household. If you keep your clothes long enough, they come back into style. Can I get a witness today? Is that right? Yeah. Like with my favorite clothes, Gina's like, we got to get rid of that, Ryan. That's, that's 20 years ago. And I'm like, no, no, no. If you keep it long enough, it's coming back. And then you don't have to go shopping again, right? Things are changing. The running man dance was another great 90s invention, right? I will not illustrate that for you. The Rachel haircut. How many of us had the Rachel from Friends haircut in the 90s? Come on, everybody. Come on, this is weak. You guys know you had a Rachel haircut. Things come and go. And then the 2000s came around. We had flip phones. Whoa. I used to love to just flip my phone open. I just thought that was, that was so cool. The Adkins diet was big in the 2000s. Anybody Adkins diet? Love that. Napoleon dynamite, you know? 
And how about like TV shows that you watch and like the first season's amazing and then the second season's okay, but the time it gets to the fifth season, it just gets plain weird. Like you find out that everybody was an alien and you're like, okay, this just got too odd. It just went a whole nother direction. It, it, it lost its savor, right? When John's talking about love, he's saying that love never goes out of style. Love never gets old. Love is always fresh. Love is always new. Now, I got my wife's permission. I want to show you guys a special picture of her from her senior year in high school. Check this out. My wife was always beautiful. She said, just don't tell what year she graduated. So I won't do that. You can kind of see it. And, um, but Gina had the perm going, you know. Anybody remember the perm? That was hot stuff back in the day, right? I think my wife's actually like class of 2018, I think. Is that right, honey? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The perm has come and it's gone, but love remains. Love remains. And John reminds us today that love never gets old. We should never grow tired of love. Fads come and go. Things come and go. But love is always the same. It's, it always has that place. Now, we should not confuse love with sex because you can have sex and not have love. And in our culture, sometimes we have watered down the meaning of love because we tie it immediately to sex. But what I'm talking to you about is something that is much more profound, something that is much deeper. In fact, the word that is used by John in these verses related to love is the word agapeo in the language of the New Testament, which is a word that means sacrificial love. It means like actions, like sacrificial giving, sacrificial love, I'm gonna serve you kind of love. And this is the same word that's used when the Bible says that God loved us. Like in Romans 5.8, God demonstrated his love towards us while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Agapeo, love, sacrifice. It's sacrificial love. So that's why love never goes out of style. Listen, so many things come and so many things go, but one thing remains and that is the power of love. Number two, I should practice love in all my relationships. Now look there in verse five. He says that we should love one another. Okay, do you see it? We should love one another. What that means is that in all my relationships, that love should be preeminent. It should be the focus. Jesus echoed this in John 15, 12. This is my command. Love one another as I have loved you. So we've been commanded by Jesus to be people of love. Like, this is not an option. You know, it's not like there's like, you know, Christians who love and Christians who really don't love. Jesus has commanded us to love one another. And John's echoing this in the second epistle. Um, that means that in all our relationships, we're looking for opportunities to love. We're we're, we're spreading the love of God wherever we go. We, we, we are actually even loving our enemies. Now, Jesus talked about that, didn't he? Love your enemies. Um, that's, that's the hard part of love. It's easy to love the people that benefit you, 
But can you love the people that maybe even drive you crazy? You know, can you love people that oppose you? Love one another. And by the way, you can love people that you do not like. Amen? So you don't have to like somebody, but you can love them. You can love them. Love one another. Um, Giving people compliments when appropriate. Being gracious. Putting others' needs before our own. Um, Leaving a nice tip for the waiter at the restaurant. Smiling when you're walking into the dentist's office. You know, we want our life to be filled with the love of God. And listen, this should be the, the number one thing that people see in the life of a Christ follower should be love. That's the greatest compliment, by the way. If you're a Christian, it's the greatest compliment somebody can give you is that I see love in her life. I see love. He's such a loving person. They are such loving individuals. This is high praise if you're a follower of Jesus. Listen, the highest praise is not, listen, they keep all the rules, you know? Really, really, you know, they follow everything, you know, according to to, to plan, you know? No, no, no. It's that they have love. It's that they had love. And Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. And love will lead you to do some crazy things, won't it? Gina was at the nail salon yesterday. And there was a young couple there. There was a boyfriend and a girlfriend. And the boyfriend was getting his nails done. I thought, that is love right there. I mean, I love my wife, but I've never had my nails done. I'm proud. That guy was going to do everything he could do to spend time with that, with that woman, right? I mean, it was love. Love will lead you to do some crazy things. Love will lead you to do some things that are kind of beyond what you would normally do. And John says we should practice love in all our relationships. And he says, number three, I should express my love uh, by following Jesus' commands. So, um, again, love is an action. It's not just a feeling when Scripture talks about it. Like, we think of love like something that you feel. Like, I'm so in love. Well, that's part of it. But when scripture speaks of love, it really talks more of action, things that you do because you are in love. It's not just a, a euphoric experience. It, it, it's love. And second John one, six says, this is love. Okay. Now this is the definition that we walk according to his commands. This is the command as you have heard it from the beginning that you walk in love. So, so this, this may kind of expand our definition of love a little bit. But John says, listen, if you really are in love, you follow God's commands. See, maybe we didn't see that coming. Maybe that's a little different than maybe what we've thought before. That we walk according to his commands. And this command that you've heard from the beginning is that you walk in love. In other words, the test of genuineness of our love is is following what God has called us to do. And we could talk about the Sermon on the Mount. We could talk about the writings of the Apostle Paul. We, We could talk about the Ten Commandments. When we follow the commandments, when we do what God has asked us to do, we're operating in love. Now, like if you take the Ten Commandments, four of the Ten Commandments are related to our relationship with God. Like, you should have no other gods before me and don't use the Lord's name in vain and, and so forth. 
And six of the commandments are horizontal and have to do with our relationship with others. Like don't steal, don't kill people, okay? Don't lie, don't commit adultery. And, and when we keep the commandments, what John is saying is that we, we are expressing love to God. Like if we love God, we want to honor him. And if we want to honor him, we want to do what God has said to do. So, so, so loving God is, is, is honor. Love is not lip service. Okay. Love is not just something that we say. Um, I was talking with Gina this week and she told me a story about when she was in the eighth grade, this, this boy that she knew had fallen in love with her. And on Valentine's Day, he bought some flowers and he drove his bicycle one hour. He lived in the city next to her city. He rode his bike an hour to bring her some flowers. Now, guys, that's love. Whoa. And I said, well, did you think he was cute? And she said, no, not really. And I felt bad for the guy. I mean, come on, man. He drove all the way across town on his bike to bring you some flowers and you're not even interested. It's kind of sad, isn't it? And I said, well, did your mom take him home? And she said, no, he rode an hour back. I thought, golly, that's a lot of work, isn't it? But you know, when you love, when you have love in your heart, you do some crazy things. I, I don't think that that boy was complaining about how far that he had to drive. Or how far he had to go. I don't think he was talking about how sweaty he was or how much further he had to go or look what he had done. No, he, he wanted to honor Gina. So he, he brought her those flowers and he was going to do whatever it took for, for that to happen. Wouldn't it be great if we had the same, the same passion to do the things of God? I mean, if we really had love as our as our focus, can you imagine how we would approach keeping God's commandments? Um, 1 John 5, 13 says, loving God means keeping his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. You know, a lot of times we look at the scriptures and we go, burden, 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 burden. And when we look at God's word through that lens, we don't have love as the motivation. When you love God, Keeping his commandments are a delight because I want to honor God, right? I love the Lord. If I love the Lord, then, then I want to keep his commandments. And, and that's why students, we should honor our father and mother. Um, that's one of the Ten Commandments. Listen, you're operating out of love when you do that. If you love your parents, you want to honor them. You may not agree with them on everything, but you can honor them. Um, you can honor leadership. Whoever God has put over you in your company, you honor leadership. You honor leadership in the church. You honor leadership wherever you go because, because, because you have love in your heart. Uh, you honor your wife or your husband, you know, because you honor. And honor and love really go together. Um, we have a discussion from time to time in our family. My wife when we go somewhere, loves to park as close to the front door as possible. And I'm a guy that likes to park at the back of the parking lot because people are always dinging my doors. Come on, guys. Anybody ever feel that way? And so, you know, Gina will, she will drive around 
the parking lot and wait even like three or four minutes to get like that perfect parking place, you know? And one time I said to her, I was like, why don't you just park at the back? It'd be quicker. She was like, the wind messes up my hair. She was like, and it's hard to walk in heels. I'm like, point taken. Excellent point. So when I'm with her, we squeeze in to the tiniest of parking places. We know the doors are going to get dinged, but we park close to the door. I mean, even if the cars on both sides have parked on the white line, we squeeze in. On occasion, we've had to get out through the sunroof, but, <laughs> but I want to honor my wife. And by the way, her hair is always looking good, whether it's permed or not. It's good. We have to keep the hair in order. Now, our doors are dinged. But I'm going to honor my wife. And honor comes out of love. Keeping the Sabbath day holy. <clears throat> That's not a burden. That's a delight, man. Listen, God, God gave us a recipe for rest and for worship. That's so that our soul could be revived. That's good, man. That's not a burden. That's an opportunity. And John says, listen, loving God means keeping his commandments and his commandments, they're they're not a burden. We ought to switch our mindset because love is not lip service. John 13, 34 says, a new command I give you, love one another as I've loved you. So you must love one another. I mean, this is the commandment right here. And finally, John wraps up and he says, I should make love a lifestyle. You notice there in verse six, he says, walk in love. This is the commandment as you have heard it from the beginning that you walk in love. Now, when scripture speaks of a walk, it, it's like the, <clears throat> the daily traffic patterns of your life. It's like the way you live, right? That's why like Paul said in Galatians chapter five, walk in the spirit. So that like walking in the spirit is I'm walking in the Holy Spirit when I wake up in the morning and, and when I'm at the office in the afternoon and, and then in the evening times, I'm, I'm, I'm living in the spirit. I'm walking in the spirit. Well, here John says, walk in love. So, so <clears throat> walking in love means that love is the, the focus of my heart and my ambition on a daily basis. And Ephesians 5.2 talks about this a little bit more. And he says, Paul wrote, and walk in love as Christ also loved and gave himself for us. So <clears throat> at the office, the coworker that you don't prefer is there and you have to work with them, but you're walking in love, amen? And at the ball game, the ref is doing a poor job and you thought about punching him, but you know what? You're walking in love, you're walking in love. Uh, at home, you're walking in love. You know, sometimes in a, in a family, there are times where different family members are going through different things and they have to lean on each other a little bit more. Like maybe one family member is sick or one family member is having a hard time at school or one family member is just having a tough time in another regard. 
And we have to lean on the other family members a little bit more. It's love when the family rallies together to say, hey, dad's hurting a little bit. We need to, we need to hop in here and, and do a little bit more. Or mom's having a hard time. Or the kids are struggling at school, so we're going we're gonna to do a little more than maybe we'd, we would normally do because it's love. And, and when a home is filled with love, it's sensitive to the needs of the individuals and what is going on in that particular instance in that family. In a church, people are eager to serve when someone is gone. That's love. Um, coming to church to worship is not a burden. It's a delight. It's a pleasure. Um, giving, bringing tithes is, is delight. It's honor. It's good. We do so out of love. And love really, really matters. So I should never grow tired of love. I should practice love in all my relationships. I should express my love by following Jesus's commands. And I should make love a lifestyle as I walk in love. And when we do that, we begin to elevate the power of love. And we begin to echo the writings of the disciple John that said, let us love one another. Can we pray together? Let's bow together for just a moment.